Hey everybody, welcome to the PC Perspective Podcast. This is episode 366, being recorded on September 9th, 2015. I'm Ryan Schrapp. I'm Jeremy Holstrom. I'm Josh Walbreth. And I'm Alan Malventano. Alan. Alan. Not Alvin. Not Alvin. Just clarifying that for anybody that may be paying attention. Alvin Malvin. <laughs> Why do we have chipmunks? It does, it does make it roll off the, the tongue a little Alvin, easy, yeah, Alvin Malvin. Alvin Malvin. Just kind of just... I can see how that would just come out. Can we I've bring had, this to a vote? I've had telemarketers. All right, get your name changed before the next. Let's podcast. all vote. There's five of I've us. Had so telemarketers. Who thinks this should be Alvin? Well, it's better than telemarketers that have called me. <laughs> Only two, three. Right, is this Mister Mister Tano, Mister Malvin Tano? <laughs> <laughs> no, Melvin hey, Tano doesn't. Tano, Mister Malvin Tano. Yeah. Please pick up a courtesy white phone. <sighs> Never pick up the courtesy phone. It's always a trick. It's always They're dirty. Steal too. your bag when you're not looking. That's what that's for. <sighs> uh, welcome to the show, everybody. This is the PC PC Perspective Podcast. We talk about computer hardware most of the time. Some of the time. Um, sometimes we usually. Don't. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we do record the show live. We always record the show live. We broadcast it live on Wednesdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific at pcper.com slash live. If you go there at that time or thereabouts, you'll find us live streaming. You can hang out in the chat room and talk with uh, everybody else watching the stream. Um, interact with us. Alan pays attention and answers questions. I look at it and uh-huh. ignore it. Uh, there's all kinds of things that occur in the live stream. And we have interesting pre-shows and interesting post-shows. Sometimes it all just depends on, on the day of the week. Uh, we also have other live streams. Like last week, we did a stream sponsored by Logitech uh, where they gave away two GTX... No. Lot two G twenty nine. There you go. There's a lot of monikers. Two G twenty nine racing wheels. They're worth four hundred bucks a piece. Yeah. Uh, and me and Alan and Josh and Scott and Ken all like played racing. games. And your games. English teacher from high school, who's so proud of you now. Thank you. We uh, all played racing games badly. We played Project Cars and Dirt Rally. I played them poorly, uh, and I was really disappointed that neither game let me turn around and drive backwards. Yeah. I told you you could have turned around and drove backwards Simulator. just as long as you were actually still going down the track the right way. What's the way. point of that? Exactly. Thank you. Like That's the whole uh, point of a racing game is while well, I'm in last place, time to screw up everybody else. I'm going to go in reverse and aim head on. Yeah. That is what racing games are for. Right? Like I mean, that's, that's what I expected. But anyway. It's too, too many trolls and you're feeding them. Mm-hmm. Well, Team killers. Hey. Not sporting. Hey, they have a place in online gaming obviously and they need to be you know nurtured a little bit right uh, anyway if you want to <clears throat> take part in those live events or this live event and you kind of lose track of time there's we have a schedule on the right hand side of the website obviously that lists our upcoming events or you can go to pcper.com/subscribe and you'll get this page here you can sign up for a little mailing list let me zoom out of there one more time you sign up for this little mailing list here that uh, all it asks for is your name and your email address. We just send you notifications an hour or a day before our live stream, depending on what we're doing. Uh, and uh, you can take part in it. And it's really awesome and it's fun. And we don't send you spam very often. It's only spam for live streams that we do. Yep. So let's get into the heat of things here, as there's still a lot going on here at the PC Perspective offices late at night. We're going to start with Josh. Me? Which is a little depressing for me. Josh, you posted a review of an AMD motherboard. I did. An AMD motherboard. <laughs> it's a new AM3 Plus new. motherboard, which are becoming rather scarce. Scarce is yeah. hen's teeth. Yeah. But uh, 
MSI, they did it. Uh, last spring, we uh, started hearing about their 990FXA gaming board. Um, they had some, some hints going out and kind of a small viral campaign, about as viral as you could possibly get for, for an AM3 Plus yeah. product. Um, but this is, of course, the, the, their branded gaming product. It is aimed at uh, the enthusiasts who want a little bit of pop to their product. And they've included a lot of things with it. I mean, it's got the uh, Killer Nick, which is a positive or negative, depending on who you ask. But at least with this implementation, you can choose just to install the driver for the Athros uh, Giggy chip, which is pretty solid networking chip. Yep. And if you want the full Killer Suite, you can install that on top as well. It's it's just a it's a a software um, program that. Handles, you know, quality of service and uh, some other tweaks here and there. It, it probably is not going to really help your lag. It's not going to kill your lag. That's obviously more dependent on your internet connection. But you can do some other interesting monitoring things with it. Um, and again, you know, explore that as you need and see fit. Sure. And uninstall if you don't need it. Uh, it's also got the Sound Blaster Cinema 2 audio function. Now, if you look there at the bottom left-hand corner of the picture... You can see that there is an absolute ton of capacitors surrounding the audio codec. It's an ALC 1192 or 1152. I can't remember exactly. Again, too many product numbers. But it's a Realtek uh, codec under there. And uh, the audio portion is really nicely well done. And this is probably one of the better integrated solutions that I've ever listened to. And uh, unlike the previous 970 Gaming, which has a very similar implementation... This one seems to just get everything right. It's got uh, dual amplifiers, so when it feel uh, when it senses that you're got a headphone that is above 35 ohms, mm-hmm. it activates the amplifier in there, hmm. and so it's not going to blow your speakers or anything when you plug it in. But when you plug in headphones that may have higher resistance than speakers, then you're going to get a nice little amplification and uh, hopefully a better experience. Uh, the overall layout is is really good. Uh, I like where they're going with the uh, the slots. At least there's a ton of space around the CPU. Um, everything plugs in really nicely. They've got a ton of USB ports. Uh, and one of the big things of this is it's one of the first AMD boards. I think that MSI had one of the actual first with the uh, 970 crate. But this one features USB 3.1. It's the Asmedia mm. controller, and uh, sometime you should look at the, the benchmarks and see that it really does offer about double the performance of, and if, right there is the uh, the USB 3.1, what like, would you call that? I don't know. It's a storage device. Yeah, it's like a little test enclosure we have for USB 3.1 performance. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's got uh, two uh, 840 Evo SSDs sitting in there. And uh, they should give you, you know, in, in real-world type speeds, uh, 800 to 900 megabytes per second reads. Um, but I didn't achieve that with this particular implementation. Now, sure. one of the problems, of course, with the 990FX, it's an old chipset. It's, it's, it was a rebrand of the 890FX back in 2009, 2010. Um, they rebranded it 990FX with the release of AM3 and AM3 Plus. 
And uh, it hasn't really grown with time now. Some years back, AMD canceled the 1090FX, which we all thought would include PCIe 3.0 functionality and uh, a slightly updated Southbridge. They canceled that. And instead, we've just been left with this. So the 990FX is still a PCIe 2.0 based device. And so I believe that uh, the USB 3.1 controller is attached to the Northridge by two PCIe hmm. 2.0 lanes. So yeah, kind of limits it then. It it is limited as compared to uh, you know some of the more modern PCIe 3.0 from Intel and the AM FM2 Plus socket from AMD. Now, if there was one bad part about this, it's it's going to be the VRMs. It's a uh, six plus two setup. Now, most higher end AMD boards had an eight plus two setup, and a lot of those were able to handle the 220 watt FX oh, parts, right, right? Such as what the uh, FX 9590. I was told when I got this board, do not put that chip in there. Just <laughs> don't do it. We don't want you to test that right. that way. Uh, because right around that time was when that very famous video of the MSI 970 crate where they did put one of those CPUs in and they turned it on and the magic smoke started to billow from the VRMs. It's always good. Sure. Yeah. Ran like a champ after that. <laughs> I mean, it got all the resistance out of, uh, of those VRMs and uh, it just was <laughs> then a superconductor. Uh, do it as much power as possible. But no, it. Uh, so I was told not to test it that way, and I didn't. So I, I did the 8370, and it ran perfectly fine. It was a good performing board. Uh, one another interesting thing, and I don't know how they did this, but it was able to natively run 2133 memory. Now, if you think back, the original FX series wouldn't go past 1866 in terms of speed. And I checked the bus speeds and everything I could think of. And it looked like it was natively supporting that multiplier on the memory. So I was able to run this board at 2133 speeds. And we did see a little bit of boost in, in some benchmarks, uh, especially just the stream benchmarks, obviously. Uh, I believe Cinebench had a, uh, a small boost when you started to actually use all eight threads. Hmm. And that would make sense because you got more threads, more memory potential bandwidth that you need to feed everything. And so it got a small performance boost in that. Um, but yeah, uh, going back to the VRMs, apparently they have released a new BIOS. And on their CPU page says that as long as you've got the correct thermal solution, you can run these higher-end 220-watt chips. So yeah. just a warning, your mileage may vary because if you think back of last year when I reviewed their 970 gaming it had a very similar power setup of a 6 plus 2, and I was able to run an FX 9590 on that for months without issue. But again, I had good cooling on that, and uh, you know, I didn't, didn't try overclocking it very much because, well, it just doesn't go much faster. Yeah. Um, Maury would be disappointed at the battery placement because you'd have to remove your, uh, your video card to take that out. Damn. But otherwise, um, probably the best thing about it, it's a $129 card. So you get SLI support, you get Crossfire support, uh, 2x16 PCIe native support there. So you can plug in two video cards and get the same amount of bandwidth as you would see with 
a um, you know an Intel uh, Z170, which you know splits. Of course, it does split into two by eight, correct? At PCI 3.0 speeds. Yeah, yeah. So you're not losing out on any bandwidth as compared to you know what what would be a you know higher end Intel. Certainly, with their X99 platform, that's not the case. But with the uh, Z170, Z97, yeah, it's all going to be right yeah. there. I, I, I don't know how many people are still out there buying AMD motherboards, brand new ones, but at least they're modestly priced, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, 129 bucks is just that's dirt cheap yeah. for a good, solid motherboard. And again, I, I, never, I didn't have any problems with it whatsoever. Installation was great. It's got all the features you would expect. Uh, audio was very good. Uh, I think you know, a kind of a perfect match with this would be an FX6350. That's a very inexpensive six-core processor. Uh, you can overclock it to a, you know, a goodly amount and be really happy as an inexpensive gaming machine. And this is going to be a solid platform for you for a couple of years to come. You're not going to see any CPU upgrades in any time <laughs> nope. ever, but uh, you know, you know, you're not going to be paying a whole lot for uh, you know what is essentially pretty good performance. True. Uh, let's move on. Mori posted a review of the Corsair DDR4 memory kit, the Corsair Vengeance LPX low profile. I'm going to guess extreme. I don't know what else X stands for in this in this market today. Uh, this is uh, DDR4 3200 memory. Uh, nice looking. I mean, it's nice. It's fine looking. It's not nice looking. It's fine looking memory. Mm-hmm. Like whatever. It looks like memory. Uh, but did you know that they still made these guys? Did you know that fans dedicated for memory modules were still? I didn't know it was still a thing. I'm disappointed it doesn't have water cooling grommets. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really am. But only on the air cooler part. Yeah. Yes, right absolutely. to blow chilly air down yeah, yeah, yeah. to exactly the dims. That it, would be it'll be just as effective. That would be right? the best way to go. It's a mister, uh, right? Yeah, 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 it just sprays. It, the water. <laughs> it just sprays water on the board. Uh, you know, it's fine. Yeah, uh, it is available in multiple colors. So there's that color match your board. And some benefit to that. Um, so Maury went through some of this. There's not a whole lot to get into here. Uh, ran it at specifications. Ran it overclocked. That looks a little pink, Maury. That looks red. That looks pink. Um, uh, as Mori does, he takes everything apart all of the way. So that's what an X99 motherboard looks like with uh, two of those memory coolers attached, one over each set of two dims. Good luck fitting a cooler. Uh, yeah, your CPU. The, I wonder, does he, yeah. surely does he, he must, get one of those right? He's got to get. On there? No, he doesn't. I think he's not showing it with a cooler. Yeah, yeah that's, why. that's true. You got to yeah. use water cooling if you're doing that, I guess. He doesn't have anything small enough. Yeah, see there, water cooling. That would be a good thing to have if you were water cooling and you were running overclocked. That's not the right. That's not the right board. Like if you were that's water a cooling, a board. If you're water cooling and you're running overclocked RAM at higher voltages, then yeah. yes, the RAM will start to cook if it doesn't sure. have like a, a fan blowing across it. So yeah, yeah. So here's like a quick memory bandwidth test. Pretty impressive stuff. That's pretty high, actually. right? Like you're talking uh, 3,200 megahertz going up to 37 gigs per second. Uh, it's kind of interesting to just see the scaling. Uh, if you're using DDR4 at 2133 megahertz versus at 3200 megahertz or 3400 megahertz, you do get a pretty sizable jump. What that means in terms of actual performance, you know, less useful. But here is a test. Here is one test that shows some difference, right? The 7-zip performance benchmark here. You get something out of it. I don't know what I 
spend a whole lot of money on 3400 megahertz memory to do that mm. i probably probably would not um overclocking he goes into all that this memory kit is um 175 bucks on Newegg, 225 bucks on Corsair, and 269 dollars on Amazon. Why? Who the hell knows why it scales that way? <laughs> Keep checking all three of those locations and find the lowest price point, obviously. Um, but uh, Mori did did like the review, and there's no CMOS battery replacement for us to worry about. So hmm. it's good to know. Moving on, we're going to talk to Josh again. Again. Um, I don't know why we would do this to ourselves, but. Uh, you posted a review of the Grado, Grado SR-225E headphones. And I'm going to ask you to talk to me about this product and this review in a non-boring, non-pretentious manner for not more than a handful of minutes, I guess. So convince me why I want uh, these headphones as opposed to my earbuds. What are these called? Earbuds. The earbuds that I have in my ear. Ear, ear buds. Earbuds. Uh, hey, look. I'm pretty clear. Yeah, you are. Wasn't that a movie? Earbud? No, it was Airbud, and it was about a golden oh. retriever. Yeah, that's totally yeah. different. Uh, you know, it's it's hard to not sound pretentious when you're talking about lovely things like soundstage, timber, warm, colored. Timbre. Timbre. But uh, <laughs> no, Grado, uh, they sent me out the uh, SR-225Es, which uh, are a really nice set of headphones. So anyway... Uh, Boy, I just keep getting clearer and clearer. It's it's like magic, you know? It's like Scientology. Yep. Wait, what? But anyway. Your thetans uh, are leaving you. They are, one by one. Uh, so the first time I ever heard of Grado, a friend of mine who uh, was the audio head at Ritual Entertainment, he came over for a little LAN party, and uh, he brought out these crappy-looking 1940s headphones that looked like they probably sounded about like 1940s headphones and plugged them in. And I said, what are you, crazy, man? I've got some gaming headphones here. Why don't you try those out? And he just looked at me and started laughing. He laughed and laughed and had a good joke at me because I didn't realize how good these headphones were. Grado has a reputation. They started only making headphones in 1989. Mm -hmm. The Prestige series, which is what this headphone is part of, uh, came out in the mid-90s. And the SR-225Es are now the third generation of these products. They've got the SR-60, SR-80, SR-125, 225, and 325. And so this is the $200 version of the Prestige series. And it comes uh, not with anything fancy, except if you consider the sound. Uh, it's, it's, it is a... You either love Grados or you hate them. And not so much in terms of sound, but in terms of look and comfort. Because they're fairly basic. It's a metal strap that goes from ear to ear. It's covered with a, a vinyl covering that in the summertime gets a little hot. Uh, the posts are, are just kind of uh, you know mounted in here to give you some, some vertical movement. The ear cups are stiff. And uh, if you don't get used to them in terms of just the feeling on your ear. Mm -hmm. They can get uncomfortable very fast. You actually have to kind of break them in and break yourself in You're not to selling get me, used Josh. to them. What's that? You're not selling me. I'm not selling them. But you know what? Once you actually start listening to them, yeah. it's a totally different experience because the sound is so much better than most other audio that you will listen to in between the 50 and 250 to $300 range. Now, these are... Expensive at two hundred bucks, yeah. but 
if you treasure audio, they're fantastic. Uh, in terms of movies, uh, again, I, I don't want to sound pretentious, but it's got a really expensive soundstage. You can actually hear positional cues really well, even without any kind of post-processing, just because it just is, is very accurate. So they're a good um, match for your laser discs. Exactly. <laughs> I... So let me ask you this. Why – I believe that they're excellent headphones, sound quality is superb. Why do you think they don't upgrade the other stuff somewhat at least to kind of be more competitive in that landscape? Probably because they don't need to. Um, but don't you want the band to not stick to your head? Yeah, that only happens in the summer when when temperatures go above eighty five. Yeah, but you live office. in Wyoming. Some people live places where it's eighty yeah. like all the time. Yeah. Well, and you know what? Some people will have more hair than I do. <laughs> this is true. So it's not going to be as, as all you do is slap Maury's Ram cooler under there. You're fine. Exactly. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Just idea. walk around with that setup. Great Omada. You know, it's not everybody is going to like these, and not everybody's going to like the way they feel. But if they truly care about audio and audio under multiple scenarios and, and I tested movies TV gaming and music yeah and it did really really well under every scenario and uh, you know things like Dirt Rally they worked really hard on their audio to make it really accurate inside the, the cockpit of the car that you're racing in and you can tell that when the gravel's hitting the, the bottom of the car it's coming from the bottom of the car it's just, it's just clear um, the positioning is great. You've got your co-driver to your right-hand side, mm-hmm. unless, of course, you're driving the Mini, and then it's the left-hand side. But it's, it's good they don't just, screw that up. Yeah, yeah. And where <laughs> the uh, where it really excels at is is music, and that that is their primary aim. Right. Uh, one of the problems with higher-end headphones is if you've got crap source material, you're going to hear every single crappy thing about it. So like Sirius so, XM radio. Yeah, yeah, or uh you know 128 kilobit MP3. Oh dude, that's But with these, not only do you get really really clear results from high-end source material, it's able to smooth out the lower end stuff too, so it's not really uncomfortable to listen to. So a lot of your older MP3s that you got in the late 90s, all 128, you know, kilobit stuff that you haven't replaced yet through one way or the other. Uh, you can still listen to, and it's not going to make you want to tear the headphones off and throw them across the room because you know it's it's 128 kilobit stuff. So yeah, again, it, when you're talking about soundstage, just the warmth. I mean, they've they've really focused on the mid range, but at the same time, it's got excellent bass response. And not only that, it's not just a thumping bass like you get with like Beats Audio or others that have really you know pushed that frequency. Uh, you can you can really hear the differences in 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 you know different drums, different beats, and just the 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 quality of it is a lot better than you would expect. And so it's a 1940s looking design, but the sound is anything but. And if you really want a good sounding pair of headphones, that's not going to break the bank because they make stuff from $50 up to $1,700. That's more. And yeah, that's that's a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, this is, you know, 200 bucks is a really good sweet spot. Try to find somebody who has a pair or if you know of some place that has a demo, give them a shot. 
I mean, if it doesn't feel too uncomfortable to you, and it doesn't to me, I don't mind mm-hmm. them. I mean, my ears are broken in, and so are the pads on this. <laughs> um, the sound is worth it. And again, you're not paying an arm and a leg for it. It's, I mean, the Logitech, uh, their their new wireless one is one ninety nine. It's yep. the same, price, bucks, point same as, price. Yeah, as these. So give it a shot. You may or may not like it, but uh, I really enjoyed them, and uh, yeah. they're really fantastic sounding for the price. But if you're really happy with Beats audio, you probably won't like them at all. Probably not. Awful. Wait a minute. Wait. We don't like Beats. Is that the rule? We're not. I have Beats headphones and uh, Monster cables. Therefore, ultimate sounds so, so, so much better. Says people so, riding cycles. And I use those um, diamond-plated networking cables to get the audio from the oh, network attached yeah. storage to yeah. the PC. I get it. Hey, if there was one thing, you know, to go back to that uh, review. Uh huh. I'm looking. Go at to it. the first page and look at the factory. That they produce all of the headphones <laughs> the in the house. It's pretty good, actually. It's yeah, it's it's that middle townhouse with the uh, graffiti at the front. That's that's where they produce it all in Bro- Brooklyn, New York. So right it's hipster. I got it. It is hell <laughs> yeah. It used to be a uh, a fruit store that the family had opened in like 1909. <laughs> Saw how that went for them. They, they were going to call it Apple, but someone got upset. Yeah, the Beatles. Interesting. Interesting. But no, I rented a car there to drive down to Bellevue. It had Beats audio in it as a feature. And I was getting tired of the blues and the old classic 70s stuff and tried to listen to some heavier stuff. And couldn't hear anything except for thud, 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 thud. It, it didn't, wasn't you can turn bass down the bass. Yeah. Uh, I fiddled with it a bit. I was driving, so I didn't <laughs> want to screw with it too much. But no, it was not pleasant. Some Good some, idea. Uh, Safety first. Yeah, some metal doesn't agree well with... Like stereo systems that are like Beats style. No, not so much. Well, that's their problem. Yeah. Uh, Alan, just before uh, this live stream, like literally just before it, you posted a quick review of the Western Digital 6TB Black and 6TB Red Pro hard drives. What's interesting about these? These are the last two that didn't make it to 6TB yet. Oh, okay. Right, so you had a, the red and the green, which, yeah. were, which went to 6TB about a year ago. Okay. But... Anything else, like the Red Pro, which launched at the same time, was only up to four. Four, yeah, I remember that. And the that. black at that time was still only up to four, and pretty much everything else was kind of still right. there, right? So, so this completes the these six are the, these are the big ones. Up. These, these are of, of the big ones that people are going to want. And everybody are, likes big ones. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, so if you want the really big black one, now you can get the really big one. <sighs> really, in my mind, big, big and black is eight terabytes. Oh, okay. Well, but they don't have that yet. Eight terabytes is pretty much in the enterprise sector only right now. Right. Um, so basically, differences between these and the green and the red, respectively, like mm-hmm. those two, right? Is you have the red series, be it red or red pro, those are like your NAS drives, right? And then like the green and the black, or those are like your drives meant for single drive use. Okay, like you just have one drive, not a, not an array of them, right? Yeah. And the green is. Slower RPM, just like the red, power efficient style. Whereas the black is your fire breathing, like seventy two hundred RPM. Consumes. I don't know if we call power. any hard drive fire breathing now, well, but cons- okay, we'll go. It with consumes that. twice as much power, and fire oh, comes fire to breathing mind. in that respect. Yeah, okay, because right. um, well, it's hotter. Any of their drives that when you go from the in- what they call IntelliPower, which is really somewhere around fifty four hundred RPM. Yeah, uh, when you go from that 
to 7200 RPM, generally the wattage is just double. Okay. Right? It's sure. just, and it's physics. It's you're trying to spin platters at a faster speed, and it's kind of an exponential thing that takes place there that you're riding a curve that you're riding. So yeah, it's going to draw more power. All right. Um, and people love to put these things in cases that were designed for maybe drives that were more like the green, that don't have a fan right in front of the drives, and then complain that the drive is like super hot. And sure. Maybe even destroys itself because it was running really, really hot. That's bad news. Um, so what do they do in terms of performance? I'm looking at uh, so, HD Tune. You know what what what, what graphs I want to look really, at? Really, really impressive performance, even for random performance for oh, hard really? drives. Yeah. Um, so for the fall copy tests, right off the bat, uh, these were actually beating Velociraptors. Oh, so in creation, Velociraptors and peak out at one terabyte. They peak out at one terabyte, but they are 10,000 RPM drives. But this is six times the density per drive, not per platter, but. It, it is six, a drive that has six times the capacity. Right. But in the past, I mean, you know, drives that had four times the capacity weren't hmm. the same speed before. Yeah. Right? Uh, these are finally getting to that point where even though they're, you know, much larger drives and have larger platters and usually the seeks take longer, they also have a lot more cache. Ah. These have 128 meg of DRAM cache, which is even twice as much as any of the other four terabyte and below models from the same lines so like a red pro or a black series drive that's four terabyte capacity or lower is 64 mm-hmm. meg not okay. 128 right. right so they're doing something so they're bumping little, up some spec yeah it's a little bit different from the norm right they don't usually change the like the cache size or something within one line right and they're doing that here um even the red and the green and six terabyte capacities only had 64 meg of okay. cache. right so these mm-hmm. definitely show an advantage there it does come through in the random performance it comes through and even tests like uh like the app page here. Yeah. Uh where are you? There you go. Oop, here. Yeah. So Velociraptor's still gonna be king there when it comes to your, you know, hardcore random sure. IO because it's a much more nimble drive and it's spinning much faster. Um but if you go down to like database, you'll notice the spread kind of gets a little more obvious there and you see these two models the the white line and the orange line up yeah. top yeah do kind of separate themselves from yeah, the rest of the non velociraptor I mean, hard drives you're talking about like a 5 to 10% gain which is a pretty good gain considering that they're spinning at the same speed yeah as you know other models that are in that comparison so pretty good and then there's another side effect that we see uh in our random reads i think these drives are caching the entirety of it no no it's not that they're caching the entirety of the test it's that they're I think their caching is more aggressive now. I think now that they have more cache to deal with, um, because you'll see, I mean, the results are good even for the test size that's like mm-hmm. 2 meg. Mm-hmm. Well, the cache is only 128K. Hmm. Yeah. Or 120, sorry. 2 meg, 120. No, it's more than 2 meg. But anyway. So that, that um, I mean, that advantage shows up in random reads, but not in random writes, which is. Yeah. Okay. Random writes doesn't show up, um, but random reads, some things the drives were doing were acting a little more like it was caching hot data more than just like if you do more than X amount of transfer, it just rolls out of the cache. Mm-hmm. It almost seemed like it was kind of keeping some stuff around hmm. a little bit better. Um, the reason everything kind of inverts when you go to the other yep, this one, uh, the random the results is that uh, the two really good performing drives there did not do advanced format. They did single sector um, okay. ECC, so that means, and, and YAPT is not a 4K aligned test, 
So hard drives kind of fall f- on their butt when you hit them with something that's not aligned to the same sector alignment of the drives. Right. Um, so that was the reason for that difference. But they still did like pretty good okay. in, in, you know, compared to the other drives that were advanced format. And advanced format, 4K alignment, any modern OS is doing that anyway. So that's really what the what they would see is actually aligned. User. Man, I'm not used to seeing MSRPs like this. Yeah. <clears throat> Six terabyte drives for two ninety nine. That's uh four point nine cents per gigabyte. Yep. That's and, a little bit uh, that's less than uh, SSD still, I think. And the other thing to note here is that there is only a five dollar <laughs> difference between the black and the red pro. So but if you're they're, they're targeting different They're targeting things, different right? different audiences. Like Red Pro is still a NAS, NAS multiple device. Yes. But the primary difference that the end user would, would see between those two, like mm-hmm. the thing that would that that would make you say no, you should get a black over a red pro. Uh, the only real thing is that a black will spend a few more seconds trying to get a bad sector. It won't time out as quickly. It won't time out as quickly, okay. right? Uh, red pro will probably wait somewhere around seven seconds before it gives up. But in my experience, if you if a drive's trying to read something for seven seconds straight. Probably, probably bad. That's like hundreds of times past the head anyway, right? Um, thousands. It's, it's not thousands. Okay, hundreds. Tens seven of thousands? Seconds? Okay, you're right. RPM. Yeah. yeah. Um, so if it's not going to get it in seven seconds, chances are it's not going to get it in like 30. Sure. Right? Um, and, and I just, having recovered data from both types of drives, like be it the NAS types of drives versus right. the single drive types, um, if you're running recovery software on a drive, like... One of the Reds, for example, or a Red-style drive that has TLER, that time-limited right. thing, you would make it through a bad disk at least in your lifetime. If you're trying to read data where you had a bunch of sequential bad spots mm-hmm. on the drive, well, you want one that's going to kind of make it through that in some reasonable amount of time and then get to hopefully the good stuff right. that was on the rest of the drive, right? Because that does happen. Someone drops a drive. So you it, would recommend... So I would recommend reds red or red pros over blacks or greens, even for single use, as long as you understand that, yeah, it's only going to try to get a bad sector for seven seconds as opposed to waiting 30 or longer, um, which if it's your OS drive, sometimes turns into your OS just hanging. You can't do anything with your system until it finally, the drive finally gives up. Right. You know, or it might even potentially crash your window session <laughs> if, if your OS is like really critically trying to get some data off of off of that drive so anyway uh and there's always the possibility that someone upgrades their system because these two have five-year warranties chances are at some point within the next five years you might add a second one you might put them in a raid sure yeah you know, Only if you're crazy. Even if, it's a, even if it's a merit raid. No, I don't do um, that shit anymore. <laughs> so, you know, if there is that possibility, I just kind of recommend it's only five more dollars. If yeah. you're already spending 300 you know, what's right. another five bucks for for just, you know, a little bit uh, easier data recovery if it comes to it and uh, the possibility of adding it to a raid later. Fair enough. Yeah. All right, so check out that review. It is just recently posted to PCPer.com, like literally minutes before we went live. Uh, and if uh, you want to see all that stuff, so uh, now we're going to get into a couple of stories here that we don't have like things to show. There's no um, pages to look at. There's no no nothing there. And I wasn't really going to touch on this topic except I got probably ten emails and fifteen to twenty tweets, like direct tweets about it. 
uh, AMD's R9 Nano situation. Yeah. Right. Last so, week, or no, on the on the live stream we did last week for Logitech, we used an AMD R9 Nano. We did on the system. So we obviously have one. Yep. And uh, the AMD has taken. I don't. I don't really know. Some how to review sites it. didn't get them. Some review sites did not get them. Some very popular review Some sites. sites that we're used to seeing get that AMD normally hardware. get those products, yes. Just wait. Uh, Hard SCP is one. Tech Report is one. Those are the two that stand out to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know the reasoning for AMD's decisions to do that, right? So uh, stuff's going around on Twitter that they were looking – Roy Taylor said something about wanting fair reviews. Um and uh, both Kyle and Scott have posted editorials on their site kind of talking about the situation. I think it's, it's odd to me because if it were – if AMD were kind of like picking out people that they don't like, I would generally assume I would be on that list. Because right? you're biased. Be, I, yes. And, and I'm, not, I'm not trying to like make myself feel better or do anything to try to prop ourselves up. I would not have considered myself top of the list for AMD reviews. Like that are, that are always of, in their favor. In terms of what people inside the company think about me. Yeah. So the fact that I got one confuses me on many fronts. Now, I'm sure there are other websites that have it that I don't know about. I don't talk. We don't. Well, you you we know don't. what the real reason is? Oh, no. We're the only ones who still do AM3 plus motherboard reviews. <laughs> uh, that's that true. That that's, That's true, be right? And be thank, because of the 990FXA review that you did, we were able to get an R9 Nano. Awesome. Now, seriously, I don't, I don't get it. Um, I don't like it. I don't think it makes a whole lot of sense. Clearly, inside the company, they are uh, changing how they're doing stuff, right? And, and I kind of talked about this, I think, a little bit on the build-up to the Fury X launch, uh, where it was not sure if I was going to get one of those cards to review. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so they're they're doing different things and they're sending cards to different places to different outlets than than I think they should. Uh, if you want my personal opinion on some stuff, like in some in terms of some of the people that have cards already, uh, instead of the likes of Hard SCP or Tech Report, well, uh, because I have because I have a lot of I have a lot of respect for those people and they've been doing this for a long time and people value their opinions. Yeah. Um, well, sending it to a forum member of a site. But not sending it to the site seems well. Also I, I weird. believe some of that is like they wanted to send it out to case modders right. to build stuff. My understanding in that is that they were given um, like non-final production samples. I don't even know what that means. I don't know. But it, it's still shitty regardless. Um, but that being said, I don't know how much of a stance I can take because I have one. They sent they sent us one, and we have a review that I'm still trying to finish. Um, that will go up tomorrow morning. So you guys can all make your decisions. Then yeah. it will be very interesting for me tomorrow when the reviews go live to look at who has what, who's posting what, uh, and then kind of how that changes the uh, narrative kind of going forward. Yeah. Right. I mean, changing both Kyle, they- both Kyle and Scott have said they're going to buy them and and do reviews, right? And that's what they should do. That's what I have had to do in the past when not getting other stuff, right? Sure. Uh, Nvidia didn't send us a Titan Z, mm-hmm. right? But we got a Titan Z and we did a review, uh, and they didn't like it. But whatever, we moved on. So it, it's a very odd situation for me. I see a lot of people talking in the chat room. I'm not really paying attention to most of it. Um, 
there are a lot of changes going on there, one of which I think is very good that we'll talk about at the end of the show uh, in terms of how they're changing the structure of the company. I don't know if that will have a trickle-down effect onto things like this. Uh, I don't want to badmouth YouTubers or Red Team Plus people, but I will say that like, I, don't, I think the, the value of independent, respected, long-term media is being overlooked by AMD in some cases. Mm-hmm. And I think this may be an example of that. So that's where I'll leave it at that. Uh, We'll talk next week about this specific product and our review and other people's reviews. And then we can go from there in terms of uh, what the fallout from all this is. Um, And uh, I don't know. They're just changing the way they do stuff. And I'm not AMD. So I don't get to make that decision. You're saying you weren't in the meetings I, when discussing allocation? You know, I, I, <laughs> I, I, you know, I got the Shocking. invite, but I, I was busy that day, and I couldn't make it. You were well, at IDF. Right. It's because you own one share of AMD stock. Oh, right, right. That's what it is. You have to disclose, disclose it's the this. the size of shareholder. Of course he has Right. To I was at the board meeting, so I added my name to the list at the bottom. I, there you go. I wrote it in in pencils, like, it in. and Ryan Shroud, too. Right, and uh, apparently it worked. Okay. Nobody, nobody paid attention. Um, so, all right, let's move on to that. Like I said, we'll talk about it more next week when I actually see the result of who had one, who didn't, yeah, and why that comment would more. matter. Right? It's just it's 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 crappy. We've seen this before. It's not the first time. It won't be the last time. Uh, and the two people that I I know very well that are involved in this, it's happened to them before. Too. So let's move on to Apple apparently announced some stuff. I don't know anything about it. Uh, they announced an iPad Pro, a.k.a. a Surface. IPad, iPad Pro. iPad Pro, which I <laughs> it's actually... It's only slightly smaller than that uh, <laughs> Lenovo big table thing you can play Monopoly on. That's true. Only slightly. Is it a 12-inch tablet? 12.9. 12.9. Yeah. Might as well call it a 13-inch So it's tablet. bigger than this laptop screen. Yep. It's bigger than a bread box. <laughs> it's probably, that still a tablet? I mean, anything it is a, a tablet screen. with no keyboard. All right, I mean, there's like, some cool stuff. Like it's got quad speakers and they orient themselves stereo wise based on how you're rotating. They're still thing. back facing. That right. sounds cool. <laughs> or facing out. Not it's not quite front facing. Yeah, but it's not still front neat. facing. It's still but, neat. You know, yeah, it's still, that's that All was right. kind of. I thought that was kind of cool. It's got like a stylus that's like supposedly really advanced and stuff like that. It's got a type cover or whatever Microsoft's calling it, or sorry, whatever Apple's calling it. They yeah. essentially copied the it's Surface like a keyboard, type cover. It's like a keyboard cover. Somebody sent me a picture on Twitter that was uh, a picture in 2007 of the I- Steve Jobs on stage with the iPhone yeah. with a stylus on it, and with said, the, the "Why would finger. you ever want a stylus?" Yeah, you and then use your it's like that's it was eight years ago. Like and I get it, and and the and the screen sizes were three inches on the iPhone. Yes, I, I might be it's wrong. Like I get it. I might be wrong, but I didn't see anywhere to put the stylus. Should you buy one? I. I don't think there is. Which is and really come by your special. It's eye the hole. amp. It's the pencil. Get it right. True. It's the, the Apple because they've yes. reinvented the pencil. It's, so and it's it, not even an. That's eye what. Pencil. See, they were contractually in Steve Jobs' will not allowed to call anything a stylus. Somebody in the chat uh, said that there was a quote from Steve Jobs in 2010 that says, "If you see a stylus, they blew it." <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> said that. He did say that too. But it's a pencil. Have happened in five You'll years. see a pencil. If you see a, a pencil, it was a success. It's a success yeah. because the pencil. I mean, it's 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 still interesting hardware. I'd like to try it out. I don't want to pay a thousand dollars for it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I will say that that pencil is a far away from what a stylus was 
when that statement was made. Because like, those were just generic plastic things. No. Not no, that much longer. No, Does it vibrate? No. I mean, Wacom has been around stylus for back 15 then was, years. Yeah, active yeah. stylus has been great since. Now, this is the non-active, so yes, the no, passive stylus. No, this is active. No, oh, it is? is? I thought active. it wasn't. This is active and pressure sensitive and Side pressure sensitive, like it's yeah, that's like, like that's that's that's, 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 that's not a long time. No, that's not in Wacom. I yeah, yeah, bet it is. Well, hell yeah, two axis. I bet. I, I think it is. It is. I bet. I'm, it I'm is. pretty yep. sure it is. You can do sides. Okay. One of the guys in the graphics design department does. Huh. It's it's terrifying what he can do with that freaking <laughs> stylus. To be yeah. honest. <laughs> okay. Well, then it's no better than. Wacom. It has a new processor, the A9X. Anybody know anything about that? I didn't really pay uh, attention. Supposedly one point eight times faster than the last one. Than the A8X. Yes. Yes. 1.8x faster. They didn't say in what or anything. No, right? in pretty no. much everything. Like okay. the graphics is like double. Okay. 1.9x in the graphics, which are stupid. 1.8x is console yeah. level yeah. graphics. Everybody says that. Nvidia sent out an email talking about the advantages of Shield TV, Shield over Apple TV, which is something else that Apple announced. An update to the, the Apple, new TV, Apple TV finally. Yeah. It's got apps. It's got apps, that, yeah. and it's, it's a little bit, apps. and it's faster. And it's got the processor from this. And it's got this a new sucks. remote control you can chew on to change the channels? Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> you don't chew on it. It looked like he was chewing was on it. Was it a candy it. bar? <laughs> oh. Uh, I, it was odd. Microsoft showed up at the iPad Pro yeah. section. And they showed and office. office. And, so, and demoed so Office I did kind of Apple I did, I did really kind of like how far that their side-by-side stuff seems to have come from what they were showing. Like, they were showing Office apps running side-by-side side and, like, copy and pasting across from one to the other. And, like, kind of... It was pretty good for what I was expecting of it and it just going in. And the whole Microsoft just showing up there kind of just made me do a double take. Apple's been pretty supportive of Office existing they have, for a while. But Microsoft, but especially with, yeah. they, especially yeah. with a pro thing that they're trying to market to businesses specifically. Like, businesses use Office, get over it. Right? Yeah. Like that's the mentality mm-hmm. that they have to have in order to be successful there. It's just surprising yeah. to actually see them do that. Yeah. I guess. Um there were no real announcements on the on a notebook or PC side, right? Like no. none. None. Not even surprise Apple nope. Store updates or anything. Not like even that. one more thing. Um iPhone six S and six S plus. Yeah. Yes. Six S plus is a dumb like. name. Faster touch ID and oh, they that. reinvented right click. That's that, what it was. Yeah, it's doing that double three D touch whatever it's pressure stuff. sensor. So three D touch is something where you hold it longer and it brings up a context no, it's, menu. It's the how far how much you're pushing. I thought it's it was pressure hold it sensitive. Yeah, oh, okay. It, yeah, yeah. It's okay. not. It's not just a long press. It's pressure sensitive. In reality, it's just how wide the circle of contact is. It's just because more of your finger is touching the surface. Touching, yeah. Yeah. That so fat finger syndrome is back again. I guess. That no, has don't the, take it into the bathroom with you. That has the A9 in it, which they said has new transistor technology, and we have no idea what that means. Yeah. Some people are speculating 14 it's 14 or 16 FinFET. Fin I don't think they really stressed it would be a speed cr- change. I mean, it, they, they, they said say? like they, they said like 1.8x really? over the For A8. The same? Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't know if they did that same. It was about well, the they're, same. They're, they're 20 nanometer stuff. Uh, I mean, we've talked about this before. Ad nauseum, seemingly, is that was not exceptionally power efficient. I mean, right. sure, it was a small design. It was better than, than before, but it was not a huge jump over 28 nanometer. But if they're doing 14 or 16 nanometer FinFET, they could get a significant jump, and you add in uh, you know, some, some improvements in, in IPC with their design and a much larger processor 
with more graphics and all the things and, and uh, better voltage control regulation throughout. I can see it possibly happening, but it would be a stretch. Do we, I, I would do, we, s- do we know what process Samsung has ready potentially? Samsung has their 14 nanometer and they've been producing it since then it's got to be 14 nanometers. That yeah, it's got to be 14 then. I mean, TSMC is a little is behind on yeah, but they're, yeah, they're in their FinFet. first generation 16 FF, not not the FF plus, which is what many people are expecting to be. They're more mainstream and potentially GPU uh, manufacturing node. I can't, but yeah, I, can't, I can't remember where on this chip it falls down because, like, in the last chip they use Samsung and TSMC. Yep. So it seems like they you can't know, do that this time. If, if there's one group that has money <laughs> to be able to hire engineers to port the designs <laughs> to one process tech from one company to another, That'd be they're the guys that that can do it because I mean it's going to have different design flows and design yeah. rules but there's a lot of similar things between them just because of physics right do we know but, that this is dual core part still uh, well the last one was tri-core I believe or no maybe that was the X the X was three core we know nothing about that yeah. we know nothing no about, core counts yeah. no they don't gotta do wait, that you gotta wait for those chip guys to uh, did they talk about RAM else? didn't they no Not in the, but they did in the iPad Pro because they talked about doubling. The, didn't didn't the lady who came okay. on to show the animated screens? No, oh, that was the uh, uh, on the Pro. They talked about doubling uh, memory bandwidth, like yeah. NAND. Yeah. Oh, bandwidth. Uh, bandwidth. The Pro storage. has to have two gigabytes because it's doing multitasking, and the iPad Air had two gigabytes and for then, that uh, reason. Bandwidth okay. to the memory was also. I, I would imagine the 6S has two gigabytes. It might not. The I the. Uh, it has to have two because you need two for simultaneous side-by-side apps. Yeah, but the Success doesn't support that. What Success Plus does? The phone doesn't support multitasking oh. side by side. Are we talking about the phones or the iPads? Yes. IPhone? Well, I was kind of going on both, just trying to figure out if it, they talked about core counts, memory size, or anything like that uh, at all. I, I'm guessing the answer is no, based on the chat's lack of response. I don't well. think the phones want the two gig. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't talk anything about that. Like always, we'll have to wait for someone to figure that out. So they, they did. They moved the motion coprocessor onto the onto SSD. silicon, which is interesting because we saw uh, Qualcomm announce just that for the uh, upcoming Snapdragon eight twenty that their mm-hmm. motion processor was on silicon. Talked about the advantages of it over the external chip that uh, uh, they were that I guess Apple still uses on the six and six plus. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But the 6S looks like it'll change. So, I mean, I don't know. We'll find out more later. Nothing really on the notebook uh, side or Yeah, PC that'll side. probably be first quarter next year. I yeah. guess. Everybody's still waiting on Skylake parts, as far as I can tell. Yeah. Anyway. Lame. Uh, all right, let's move on to some news stuff here. Last little bit from IFA 2015. Asus ROG Swift PG348Q, a 34-inch, 21 by 9 100 hertz IPS G-Sync monitor. Didn't we talk about this last week? We talked about the We talked about an Acer version, I think. Or maybe it was BenQ. I don't know. Something very similar to this. It was Asus. No. No, it wasn't. I think so. It wasn't on the show notes. Let's put it that way. Okay. But, I mean, here it is. There's not much else to say. 3440 by 1440, 100 hertz IPS panel. Sounds pretty kick-ass to me. In that same announcement announcement was the 165 hertz 1440p. Like at the but they slipped it in the bottom line of one of the paragraphs. I don't know. This wasn't posted till the next day, so maybe. Yeah. Um, I still haven't seen a curved monitor. I just yeah. But from that, the pictures I see, I don't buy it. 
but the, there was another model slipped in there. It didn't make it into that news post, but in that announcement was okay. Basically, the Asus ver- new version of the Swift that's IPS that we've been waiting for. Sure. And it's 165 hertz. Okay. We talked about that last week. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, if you haven't seen a curved monitor, the effect will be lost on you. We have a couple of them here, and I actually really like the way it looks. Uh, Ken found a problem using one for like photo editing because straight lines weren't perfectly straight, like horizontal <laughs> lines. Was that oh, you that said that? No. I didn't say that. Somebody else. Somebody. Somebody but else. That I makes talked. sense. Like it. That could be a problem. Yeah, I can see that. It wasn't perfect. Like when you went to the edges, a perfectly straight line wasn't. Oh no! It was straight. something that we were looking at. Maybe I don't here, know. And it and it just stood out to both. I of would us, say yeah. for ninety five percent of the people, that's not really an issue. Yeah. Um. And I think the the slight angle. I'm look like there's one here, and the curve is really subtle. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's not, not a dramatic it's not, it's thing. Not dramatic. If you remember back to um, was it Alienware that made a curved LCD monitor that was actually three um, yeah. s- scanners yes. in those, one. Those were yeah. DLPs built in. Yeah, and they, yeah. it was really curved. Yeah. Like it only took three of them to get all almost all the way around you. Type it was like a ninety degree. Curve. It's nothing like that. Like these yeah. are very subtle uh, uh, curves for the most part. But uh, I'm excited about all these new monitors that were kind of announced and shown at IFA. So. More of that. I, I have some twelve-year-old monitors that I'm using right now. Yeah, they're really nice. They're they're SPVA <laughs> from from HP. Good for you, buddy. Two thousand four. Uh huh. Yeah, I got them cheap. I'm still using like a thirty oh seven and a thirty oh eight. Yeah, those came out those in oh seven and oh eight, <laughs> respectively. And actually, nice. I'm using two Dell Cinema displays that came out in what year would that have been? Like Apple two thousand eight. Apple Cinema. Displays. What did yeah. I say? Dell. Yeah, Apple Cinema Display. Same vintage. Yeah. yeah, like 2008. Same panel inside of... Uh, yeah. So far, the only thing we've had to replace are two power adapters. <laughs> yeah, the power bricks don't last very long. <laughs> there's another one on its way out. Yep. Yeah, there's one making a little squealing sound. So. It just kind of tells you the state of LCD technology in between then and now, and we're yeah. finally, finally getting yeah. new crap. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Not a lot happened for a few years. Yeah, OLEDs, though. Look to see more. Yeah, nice. yeah. Uh, Jeremy, what do you know about this Leanne Lee PCV33 case? Anything interesting here, other than small footy print? Well, small footy print, full ATX motherboard. Really? Yeah, it doesn't look it, does it? No, it does not. But it, then again, it also looks a lot like the mini ITX version. Ah, uh, okay. I, it, honestly, no. honestly, just looking at the shape of it, I assumed it was a mini ITX case. No, it's but now uh, I see just all over 13 inches by 14 by just over 15. Hmm. Huh. Which is one commenter points out it's not exactly a cube now, is it? So the Q33, <laughs> Sebastian did a review of, and it opened the same way, and it was a mini yep. ITX. Okay. All right. Now so this I, is almost okay. exactly the same thing, uh, blown up a little bit. And with the depth just over 13 inches, you should be able to squeak a 12-inch card in there. I, you're going to have to... Make sure the drives are out of the way, but then again, that's sort of what this case is designed for. I remember and that's what lube's for. Come on, yeah, right. Also true. I remember being not sure I liked the idea of the hinged opening for the yeah. Q33, but upon like taking it apart and putting a system in it, thinking that it actually worked fairly well. Um, that's pretty cool because it's it's an open test bed that you can cover. Exactly, that's true. That's a good point. As long as you and got you see that space on the there? desk for it, yeah, yeah. 
that front mesh is big enough for a 240 millimeter uh, radiator. Uh, that's pretty cool. That's a pretty good idea, that's actually. Not bad, just, eh? just take off the front and that'd be an awesome test. Page. Hey, 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 would, would that that's actually true. fit in Sebastian's decor? Would it fit, like, say, in his home theater stereo? Set? I mean, this is too big. It's not hipstery enough. There's not enough glass on it. Yeah. No. Really? No. Yeah. yeah. Well, unless he put, like, a, a, a micro ATX board in there just so that it, there was actually just 90% open space with one little tiny board in the corner. Oh, yeah. The just leave it open. So standard version is going to be 199 glass side panel version 229, available in early September. Um, so what's interesting is I look at this here, and there are no sides. So you have to take the sides off, and then you open it up. Yeah, hmm. but they, they, they're like posts that you just pop off really easy. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was oh, yeah. like that in the Q33. Right, yeah, so here's the one with them, the glass side there. So, I mean, that, yeah. could be, that could be pretty cool, actually. Yeah. I wonder if you can do two glass sides. Does it have two glass sides? I don't, I mean, I don't know the answer to that. Like, is the I can't see that side. Glass I'm trying to rotate it. Too and it much. Can't tell if the glass work. model Damn is. you, Web 2.0. Yeah. Wait, you know, Apple talked about this. You need to hold down on it, and then the picture becomes a video. Oh. Right, an animated GIF. That's no, right. yes. no, 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 no. The picture is now <laughs> moving. Oh. All right, we'll see. Uh, <clears throat> all right, let's move on to this one. Scott posted this up. Nothing really to talk about here. There is a video series from a guy called iBook Guy uh, where he is detailing old school graphics and how they work. I'm not going to play this video back so they don't take us down on the stream. Um, but it is a, an explanation of how early computers struggled to draw information to their displays because they lacked enough RAM to hold a single frame buffer, even without application code. I watched part one of this video. It was actually really, really good. I haven't finished watching part two, but it goes into Apple and Atari. And he's already talking about uh, like the Apple II. It could actually display four colors, but it could only display any two of them in any section of the screen at a time based on a bit offset or something like that. He details it fairly well. And it talks about because of this complex, uh, this complexity, like very few people ever properly learned how to program Apple II color <laughs> graphics. Yeah. Apple II monochrome, fine. Yeah. Apple II color graphics, not so great. Well, why bother? It's not like people were able to afford the color monitor in to begin with. It, That's Green true. and black or orange and black were good enough for us. <laughs> Don't say us. Don't bring me into this. I didn't have an Apple II. Well, I had an Apple IIe. Yeah, I think I had a friend. I think I had a neighbor that had an Apple IIe. And let me tell you, it made Rocky's boots a lot harder because some of those resistors were color-coded, and you just sort of guessed. Yeah. It's kind of why NVIDIA went with quadratics with the uh, NVIDIA (laughs) one. It's like, hey, let's save on that memory because it's expensive. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. Uh, but go, go to PCPro.com, look for that part two of iBook Guy's old school graphics series, and uh, check out that video. And also check, check out part one first, I guess. Um, but it, it's pretty neat stuff if you're just kind of curious about that. Uh, let's talk about another storage thing. Western, so if you didn't think six terabytes was enough, maybe 12 terabytes will be good. This is the Western Digital MyBook Pro 12 terabytes of Thunderbolt connected storage. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they've done something like this in the past, but they just kind of like refresh the unit and put some USB 3 ports on the front of it so you can even add more, uh, you know, you just plug something into those USB 3 ports and have that device connect to the system over Thunderbolt. Right. You know, kind of handy. Um, but you can, basically, it's a two-drive array. Uh, it comes, those come defaulted to RAID 0. 
um, which is Death Wish Raid. Yeah. But if you really need the capacity, and as long as you've got a backup somewhere else, you're good. Uh, but you can always change it to you know a mirrored array, or you can change it to JBOD. It's that flexible, so you can just you know make it whatever you want once you get it. Um, it does Thunderbolt pass through. Uh, I think you, they said you can daisy chain six of them if you really really need a lot of storage <laughs> connected to a device that only has Thunderbolt capability. USB three capable and, and can can connect to a host system over USB three, so you're not you know you're not uh, locked out or anything if you just want to get one of these and plug it into a PC. Hmm. Um, Any pricing or anything like that yet? Uh, I don't. I don't recall if I put it in there or not. Pricing says eight ninety nine for the ten terabyte, nine ninety nine for the twelve terabyte. Mm. You can go all the way down to five ninety nine for the six terabyte model of it. Okay. So available now, apparently. Yep. It's kind of expensive. It you know, is. We just talked about two six terabyte hard drives being what two ninety nine each. Uh, that's true, but it's probably coming with those in it. Sure. Well, well, yeah. It yeah, will. but that's a four hundred dollar drive enclosure, then. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is. But it's Thunderbolt. Yeah, those usually not, aren't that cheap, right? Yeah, they're not. You're not going to see an advantage to using Thunderbolt over USB three on that, are you? Though, um, right? For that, probably not. Performance wise, no. Daisy chaining capability, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but then you've I got mean, to really need it. Then. I mean, people are going for Thunderbolt specific. <laughs> Connectivity devices because that might be like the better thing that they have. Yeah. Right? Or just they want to be able to daisy chain them. Well, daisy chaining, yes, but all Thunderbolt computers have USB 3. Right. All Thunderbolt 3 computers have USB 3. No. Like, you just mean just because yeah, they're, they're, they're not going to have. Yeah, not uh, one yeah, ship yeah. like, USB, like true, Thunderbolt true, true, 3 true. is, but like they have. Fair. If huh. you want a motherboard to use that attached storage on, however. Right. Uh, look no further than the Gigabyte Z170X 75TB3. Can I introduce you to the Gigabyte Z170X UD5TH motherboard with Thunderbolt 3? Hey. Hey, we just plugged that that thing into it. So it was interesting. Actually, you can't. You need an an adapter because the port changed. Because this is... uh, Type-C? Type-C, USB Type-C. Yep. First, the mini DisplayPort connector. I'm talking about the Thunderbolt. Yeah, the Thunderbolt uses Type-C now. It uses the Type-C connector. Uh, Type- so Thunderbolt 3 uses... So when I was at IDF, I talked with Gigabyte uh. about this. Gigabyte has some kind of exclusive for some amount of time about uh, for using Intel's Alpine, Alpine Ridge. Ridge controller, which, which is Thunderbolt both. 3 and USB 3.1. They had been using it for USB 3.1 on probably four or five different motherboards, uh, but they hadn't quite gotten to the certification pro- process for Thunderbolt. Mm-hmm. So even though the chips were on there and the, out the socket, the socket, the port, whatever was right. on the motherboard, they right. hadn't actually been approved yet. This is the first one to get it, um, the TH version of the Z170X UD5 um, Thunderbolt 3. Uh, powered by Intel's own Thunderbolt control, the new Thunderbolt 3 protocol, uh, available over two USB Type-C connectors on the back I.O. of the board, brings an unprecedented single-wire bandwidth of up to 40 gigabits per second, twice that of previous generation. The important uh, question is, does it come with the adapter to adapt to a standard Thunderbolt? No. Nope. No. Where Why would you would buy right now? That it, adapter. It doesn't exist. I mean, it doesn't exist, probably. So you yeah. can't... Oh, StarTech will put one out soon. So yeah, you can't but. plug a Thunderbolt thing into this motherboard, is what you're telling me. You can me. plug Thunderbolt 3 things into it. But you could plug a 4K monitor Those or Those don't exist it. yet. Or 5K. Wait. Thunderbolt 3 things. If you can plug a monitor into it... No. You can't. You can't. 
Well, I think that's Type C. Not over Thunderbolt, though. Yeah. See, or that's the thing. you find right. one of those. Everything really, has really to use this new Type C adapter. Type C boards. Yeah. Right. Connector, not adapter. Yeah. Everything has to use this new um, type. Which well, is yeah. great once everybody gets there because it will be USB devices, it will uh-huh. be display devices, it will be Thunderbolt devices, all using the same connector type. Yeah. Until we get there, it's kind of like, well, now we're kind of in a similar problem we were before. We're just kind of waiting for Thunderbolt things to come out. Uh, this yeah. will do 4K 60 hertz, uh, dual actually, or one 5K display. Uh, Thunderbolt 3 over USB Type-C offers power delivery uh, for up to 36 watts. Be able to daisy-chain 12 devices uh, because you have two ports. Um, yeah, without without yep. devices to test it, it's kind of like, okay, this is a great feature. And without anybody any way to adapt to devices that you could test. Well, like, so even if you so adapt like it, you wouldn't be adapted to the higher speed. Oh, true. Right. But at least you could put it But, Al, you're still right. going to want it. No. It's got PCI 3.0 by 4 M.2 slots and sex drive slots. So it is a good storage test bed. PCI, how many M.2 slots? I, bet uh, it, I think this one has three. three yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All the high-end gigabyte oh, boards, I think, have three M.2 it, will slots. It, will it do the RST rate across all three? Oh, I'm sure. I would hope so. I would hope so. I'm sure. Huh. Yeah. At this point. That makes it more interesting. Yeah. Because the only way to really do raids on the other Z170 boards we've tested so far is you had to have mixed devices. Wait, like, maybe this one doesn't have three. And hey, you know what the best thing is? Mm. Is that I remember spending a lot more money on a motherboard once that had 1394B support. And I'll tell you, I got every penny out of it. <laughs> I bought a MacBook Pro once because it had 1394B support specifically. It's still driving the monitor And it still powers you. the screen right yeah, here. buddy. It has about five years of uptime. Yeah, can, yeah, five years of uptime. That sounds right. That sounds right. It was actually since we moved to this office, so like three years of uptime. Yep. <laughs> All right. Uh, our last bit of news here, I think, which is good news. I'm going to put this away so I stop playing with it. Uh, is AMD is doing a restructure uh-huh. of the company to some degree. They announced today the creation of the Radeon Technologies Group inside the company, which basically kind of creates a um, vertical for all of Recreates. AMD. Recreates. All of their AMD graphics technology. So from product to IP, like it kind of, from the way I understand it, it kind of separates out okay. the graphics division slightly. Where was it before? Just part Just of? Just kind of part of the AMD. Computing everything. Group. Right computing next to CPUs, group. basically? Yeah. Computing all together? Group. Yeah. Okay. Um, and what they did when they did this was they took uh, Raja Kaduri who uh-huh. has been uh, a longtime guy at ATI and then AMD, left AMD for a while, went to uh, Apple. Apple, was their chief, what was he? Um, Mobile graphics, shockingly. Yeah, he was doing graphics architecture at Apple. Came back to AMD a couple, three years ago, and he was uh, CTO of the graphics division. Now he is senior vice president and chief architect of this new uh, Radeon Technologies group. And you can see here, what a handsome man. What a what a handsome! Man I'm Raja Kaduri, and I'm a handsome man. Uh, I, I'm going to give him crap because the uh, they sent me this new headshot to use for this story. I looked up his old one on the AMD site, and he had less gray hair oh. than the old one. So I don't know if that was on purpose or somebody was just trying to. Well, he he was at Apple <coughs> for a while. He was he was yeah, gone so for a while. More distinguished with the more gray. So yeah. he's no longer responsible for just like the intellectual property of the AMD graphics. He's now entirely responsible for the hardware, software, and business direction of Radeon products. So. Okay. Everything from how they deal with partners and uh, like 
game vendors and mm -hmm. publishers to uh, how they deal with Microsoft and Sony on the IP side or anybody else uh, or how they what products they develop, how they fix Catalyst software, how they adjust all that stuff. It's all now totally under his control. And when did this take effect? Today, apparently. I don't know. Probably okay. just recently. But it was announced and today. And marketing? Marketing will be under that. Anything that has to do with graphics will be okay. under his domain, right? And um, we don't normally talk about like personnel changes necessarily on the podcast or really at PCPro.com in general unless there's something specific about them that stands out to me. This one is significant to me because I know him very well, have known him for a very long time. Uh, and, for example, when he came back in to AMD, it was right about the time when all the shit was hitting the fan about uh, frame rating and uh, how yeah. their crossfire stuff was broken. And he was the, like the one guy who had just come in and I, like, I sat down and I talked to him about this problem and he said, let me go figure it out. I just came back. I don't know what's going on. And he figured it out. He came back to me. And he goes, yeah, it's broken. We're going to fix it. Okay. Right? And he kind of just did it. Right. Yeah. And, and that was kind of one of his first things that he had to deal with upon coming back to the company for the first time. Cool. And I have, <laughs> right, exactly. And so if people, if there are legitimate complaints about marketing and PR, uh -huh. he will address it. Right. Okay. I have no doubt that he will make changes that need to be made or whatever it is. Yeah. Right. Don't yeah. expect to see it on Twitter, though, guys. No. That's no, not what's going to happen it's on not, Twitter. It's not his style. No. He's, he's much more introspective. Um, and like I said, he, he is a fantastic person. I was super glad to have him back at the company uh, when he was gone for Apple. It was a sad time for all of us. Okay. Because nothing good ever comes out of – like no. nobody – nothing interesting happened. Nothing interesting happens. I just, I just like, right? like external. Like we don't get to see any of the cool stuff that occurs with any individual inside. Like uh, I've dealt with that Coronado. same kind of stuff. I've dealt huh? with that same Coronado. kind of stuff for um, for storage, right? Like yeah. I'll see something that's weird with some product, and I'll try to, you know, I have to jump through all these hoops to try to convince people that hey, there's actually something wrong with yeah. this, right? And so it's refreshing to have someone that's just goes, wait, what? Let me check. Okay, yep, we see it on our end too. Okay, we'll work on it. Raj right? is somebody and, that like. He, go ahead. He, he's actually kind of an unassuming guy. He's mm -hmm. uh, very competent in what he does. I, I remember very distinctly the first time I met him was at the Lake Tahoe affair with the original uh, Radeon 2800 series. 26? Yeah. 20-something. 20, 20 anyway. No, no, the 3000 series when they were first introduced and the original Phenom. That uh, It was breakfast and he was kind of looking around and I said, hey, Raj, why don't you have a seat and, and have breakfast with me? And he's like, Please. hey, you know, your name's Josh, and he do all this little stuff about me. And and I was only, you know, I was at PenStarsys.com, and, and nobody knew Josh, but he pays attention. And then a lot of things don't get past him, but he's nobody he's an easy Josh. guy to talk to, no. and uh, he knows his no. stuff. So in between him and uh, Jim Keller, we're hoping they can kind of turn the ship. I agree. I agree. And, and like I said, he's and Lisa. Don't forget Lisa. Yep. So yeah. he, Roger reports directly to Lisa now, um, and I, I, like I said, I, I don't want to drive on this anymore. He's just somebody that I feel like if I say, "Hey, this, this, and this," like he'll just he'll answer me honestly, and that's yeah, he's tough not to find in this crap business. In your face it really and, is. Yeah, but um, <clears throat> there is some rumor going around that part of this division, this kind of separation of GPU from CPU internally, might be in hopes of doing some kind of spin-off, maybe selling one of the divisions or um, uh, you know, making it more attractive to acquisition. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, Josh. I, it's probably a little bit early to, to speculate on it, but you can see that 
maybe being one of the directions that they would take. Possibly, but when you look at the direction of AMD APUs and where they're wanting to go in not just you know Zen and high-performance computing, they're going to need to leverage that technology coming from the, the Radeon group because it is going to become more and more important, especially if they want to start going into you know more low-power and mobile applications far beyond what we see now with our current APUs with uh, what – What's the latest? Bima, Carrizo. I don't know. Yeah, there's yeah, going to yeah, need Chirizo, to be a lot of integration between the the engineering of the groups, and it would be bad if if they were to spin it off. Maybe you know, maybe the bean counters have a better idea of this than I do, but the technology is now. I mean, it's it's like the original CPU and the guys who created FPUs for that. Right. They they, they put them all together at one point, and and now they're just they, you can't separate them. And I think graphics is certainly going to be this. I mean, you're going to have a massively parallel port, the parallel side, parallel port. Good lord! Um, and then you know one that they can handle, you know, a part that can handle serial, so much better. So it's a balance, and uh, I think it would be bad to you know spin them off. But hey, what yeah, do I, know? I, I think it would be bad too because if we know anything, the spinoff of their manufacturing. Uh, and, and then how they promised that there would still be this really close partnership. It, it, that did not quite work out the way that we'd all expected it or, to. Oh, hey, let's let's give our Adreno guys to Qualcomm so that Qualcomm can become one of one of the largest SOC makers in the right, world. Right, right. Yeah. All right, let's get into our uh, hardware software picks of the week. I've got the first one here, guys. This is a pretty kick-ass little motherboard. This is the uh, MSI. Z170i Gaming Pro AC. This is a mini ITX Z170 motherboard, ready for Skylake processors. How cheap? Uh, I don't know. I couldn't find it for sale anywhere yet. Oh, it's brand, 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 brand new. I think I got like the first one in the U.S. because we were trying to use it for our uh, R9 Nano build, um, which we did. So this is one of those that's boards. A lot that's got, of stuff packed into a little board. It man. is. So it's 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 got support for the. You know, the new Skylake CPUs. It's got an M.2 slot on the back. Is that 2x2 two two AC? It's 2x2 two two AC. Well? Yep. M.2 on the back that M. somehow manages to fit underneath the, the yeah, standoffs? Yeah, it's going to be pretty... That's a tight yeah, I'm fit. I'm sure it works. I'm is sure that it's angled or is it straight out? It's straight. No, it's, uh, it's straight it's across. Flat. It's, it's flat. It's flat, uh, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, okay. So, you know, the standoffs, standoffs are pretty tall. Yeah, yeah, yeah they yeah. can be. Um, it's got USB 3.1 support. It's got uh, four SATA ports and one SATA Express port or SEX port if you're Jeremy. Uh-huh. Um, you know, those combined uh-huh. in that degree. Uh, gigabit internet. It's got DisplayPort, HDMI. It's got a PS2 port. Uh, I, I, I think it's actually a, a pretty kick-ass motherboard. I have no idea how much it's going to cost. Um, shouldn't be too bad. There's a Steel Series logo on the back of this. Certified uh, Steel Series. What's is there a significance for? to the red USB ports, or are they just trying to color? I think they're just trying to color coordinate. Okay. Uh, these are these are both USB 3.1, and then this is USB 2.0, and this is USB 2.0. But it's gold, which I think indicates something about. Um, oh, it's for the audio. It's stuff. for the audio. Yeah, I'm trying yeah. to see what they call. No, it's that. it's the low latency, high connection, uh, gaming the- ports for PS2 and USB. What? Really? Yeah. Specifically designed for Steel Series mice, I bet. Something like that. 
I think you actually missed no, it. No, you're it's, wrong. It's up above. USB Audio Power Pro. Yeah, it's the audio. New and improved oh, USB I'm Audio so, Power oh, okay. Pro continuously delivers a stable 5 volts to the USB ports, making sure you can continue to enjoy the crystal clear audio quality standard you expect yeah. when using a premium DAC or professional USB headset. It's just uh, extra yes. filtering on professional the Professional USB headset. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It does exactly. not compute. But if you look at the PS2 port and the, uh, the USB red. ports at the top, that, uh-huh. that, right. that they are the gold-plated Gold. ones as well, and that's oh. that's at the top of the connector. The, yeah, on the 990 guy. FXA. Oh game, well, they may was... not be on this one. I don't know. Oh, oh well, who knows? I mean, yeah. Huh. Bluetooth 4.2, yeah. 802.11 AC. Uh, it's Intel LAN on here, so it's not um, good. It's not the good. killer stuff. Bye, killer. Uh, yeah, they've got studio grade sound with audio boost. So we're gonna do a full review of this board too. But this was the one we used with the uh, R9 Nano here, and it's kind of interesting, All right? So here's your Mini ITX motherboard. Here's your R9 Nano. Look at that! It's, hey, they fit together. It's it's nice. And if you look, the motherboard is actually how can I do this? Is actually it's wider longer. than the Nano. Yeah, it's wider <laughs> than the Nano. <laughs> if you put a 6700K in that, it'd be like a magical thing that no one can buy. Right. That's true. Right. <laughs> It'd be an apparition. Put a 6700K in here, and there's three products that none of you can have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I'll do that later. Okay. Oh, yeah. so. You're going to tweet out a picture of that. Yeah, right? absolutely. Of course you oh, The you unicorn of the hardware world. Yes. Uh, so that's the uh, what was Z170i Gaming Pro AC. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit in our nano review tomorrow, and then we'll have a review of it. Uh, in the not-too-distant future as well. Jeremy, what you got? I got a bone to pick, and it's with some of our viewers, because I'm sure some of you are guilty of pre-ordering computer games from a large manufacturer that's already making billions of dollars and really doesn't care. It's your fault we've got crap video games because they've already turned a profit before they're even done bug-fixing. It's gotten so bad that today Bethesda announced that for those of you that are already pre-ordering uh, Fallout 4 at $70 a piece so that you can get your uh, Pip-Boy themed Hitachi Magic Wand, no. <laughs> you, you can now spend another $30 to get DLC that is going to exist. It, it, they're pretty sure they'll make DLC. They have no idea what it is, what the idea is going to be. It'll probably be a Merkin for your character. Um, but they guarantee that anyone who buys it after the fact will have to pay 40 bucks. So you're saving the 10 bucks. So you're now forking over 100 bucks to Bethesda, who is richer than Croesus, for a game which is still in bug development. And yet at the same time, I see people constantly complaining about Bethesda and certain other Assassin's Creed uh, games which were recently released, which were not ready for prime time. But yet, why would they care? Because they've already made their money before they even released the game. Go to Kickstarter. If you if you got to get a game before it's ready, there's a huge amount of independent gamers or, or game designers out there right now. Uh, you can spend gobs of money in Kickstarter and for the most part, come out pretty happy. Or you could be like the guys who tried to support Juve Bull on Kickstarter and contribute to the party. So don't be the problem. Let's convince people that if you want to sell me a product... I'd actually like to see it first, as opposed to, say, investing in the Phantom console, maybe. You know, it's kind of interesting because this is the exact opposite of what, uh, you know, not to keep repeating this, but the (laughs) Dirt Rally guys who went Steam Early Access charged uh, two-thirds of the price of the full thing and then keep adding to it at no extra price to you. Awesome. Now that I can support 100%. 
Then why didn't you buy it and race with us? Well, because it was in Bellevue and apparently their internet sucks. Bellevue's in Washington. He was yeah, filming in beer Seattle. somewhere. Ah, yes. you know. Yes, I've been to Bellevue several times. And, and you know, the Lenovo laptops are not necessarily known for their gaming prowess. <laughs> no. What? Decent to work on, but... <laughs> you can play Rocket League on it. It's fine. Josh, what do you got for us? What do I got? Uh, the b- b- backup PV2. What? PV2, big. BV- are they Roman? CK up to... They- it's a really, really nice program. It's inexpensive. You can try it for free if you need it. Oh, but I it's a, a nice solution that is more robust than Robocopy. And it comes with a GUI. Well, I mean, some of the latest versions of Robocopy use right. GUI. But uh, for 19 bucks, you can have all of that functionality of like Robocopy, plus more backup crap. It's really inexpensive, it's simple to use. It has been tested with multi million item backups. Exactly. And uh, we're actually using that at our work to, uh, you know, transfer over 15 terabytes of data from the old server to the new. Does and it, it do, just um, works like a champ. Does it do shadow copy? Do you know? I think so. If the file's in wow. use. Wow. Yeah. That'd be good, actually. Yeah. I mean, well, Robo, well, RoboCopy kind of does that, but yeah. Oh, it does yeah. use Windows shadow copying. Yeah, that's in there. Yep. Yeah. Sweet. It's good stuff. The name bothers me. But yeah. Yeah. Yes. The name because is it doesn't not... even make any sense in the Roman way because it would be buck up. It's like... It's... <laughs> <laughs> You're right. It's, 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 it's yeah. like backup, yeah. but with a V instead of back an up, A. Yeah. It's, like they flip the, it's, it's like they flipped the A around. Yeah. It's upside down. Out, oh. And took out the cross member. Yeah. Oh. Clever. The name Cunning. is weird. I don't like man. it. I don't like it. Anyway, it's cheap and it works really well. Cool. Good pick. Last, not least. Maybe All right. least. So Alan. we do a lot of Excel Kung Fu in the office here, and I stumbled across this thing the other day where, you know, you've got a spreadsheet with, like, formulas and stuff on it, and you want and, and also data that you filled in, and you want to be able to remove the stuff that's filled in, like just the numbers, but leave all the formulas, right? And usually you go through and you hold down control and you select different chunks of cells and Correct. stuff like that, right? You don't have to do that. You can select the whole thing. And then hit F5, and up pops this little uh, go-to special dialog box thing. Mm -hmm. And then you hit the constants button, and then you hit OK, basically. And it, like, will automatically, your selection will automatically change. And formulas will all be excluded, and just all the values will be selected. And then if you wanted to clear all of them, for example, you can just hit delete. And you have just emptied all of the fill-in fields. Hmm. On, on that area that you select. And then select. you just input new ones? Yeah, and then you just fill in new stuff or whatever, yeah. Whatever you're doing? Yeah. It's usually the most is this common all, thing. This is already a part of Excel? That's already, it's been in Excel. Uh, it's been oh, yeah. there for a while, apparently. I hate um, Excel. And you can use yeah. that same go-to dialog <laughs> to specifically select, like say you wanted to only select the formulas, you can just choose the other option in that same box. Yeah. And then once you hit OK, just only the formulas would be picked. It's pretty cool. Right. I didn't even know it was a thing until recently, and I've been using Find, that select, go to special. Yeah. Or just hit F5. F5 is the hotkey for it. Seems like something I would have hit accidentally and said this. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest. But, yeah. Well, you have to have some stuff selected and then hit F5. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. well, maybe that's and it. And ASAP Utilities does that and a whole bunch more. It's uh, one that's been around for a long time, freeware for a lot of people. 
yeah. and dirt cheap for anyone else. And I highly recommend it. If you spend a lot of time with Excel screwing you around, yeah. get it yeah. and screw Excel around. Oh, okay. Ugh. But I hate GNU plot more. Yeah. So <laughs> like I yeah. I just want I, what I need is Cortana <laughs> to understand what I want it to do. When what I say you Cortana, need is artificial intelligence. Yeah, it so, is. Yeah. Cortana, take these two data sets and compare them, but match up the starting values from when it goes to peak. Like that Where, where is that person? Where is that virtual person? I just need that. This. I just Ugh God, <sighs> computers suck. Anyway, uh, that was the podcast, everybody. Thanks for joining us. PCPro.com slash podcast is the URL you can go to to find all the back episodes, our videos, RSS feeds, MP3 downloads, direct downloads, SoundCloud embeds, YouTube embeds, all that stuff uh, will be posted at PCPro.com slash podcast. And again, if you want to join us uh, for the live stream of our recording, you can go to PCPro.com slash live. We were doing it on Wednesdays, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific and PCPro.com slash subscribe to sign up for the mailing list to do so. And if you go to the live stream, if you go to uh, slash live when we record it, you get to go into the chat, chat with us here. We talk, yuck it up, uh, and we take input from you guys if we forget something or we you know, need to touch on a, a subject that we didn't get to. So it's, uh, it's, it's pretty useful, I think, um, for everybody. It's useful for us. I hope it's useful for you guys, and I hope you enjoy hanging out because we enjoy doing it. We have to record it anyway. Yeah, in theory, and, it, and, yeah. and most of the time, it's not that much more of a headache to live stream it. Most usually, of the time, usually. Um, <laughs> so, you know, well, here that's what we're gonna do. So, thanks everybody for joining us. We will see you next week. I'm Ryan Shrout. I'm Jeremy Holstrom. I'm Josh Walrath. I'm Alan Malentano. Bye. Bye.